Welcome to episode 220 of CXO Talk. I'm Michael Krigsman, an industry analyst and the host of CXO Talk. Today, we are talking about the future of digital marketing. And our guest is Raji Thomas, who is the founder and CEO of Sprinkler. Raji, how are you? Thank you for being here. I'm wonderful, Michael. Thank you for the opportunity. Great to be here. So, Raji, uh, please tell us about Sprinkler, and you're the founder and CEO, and tell us, what does that mean you actually do as the CEO? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm the guy, I, uh, as I say to everyone in my company and outside, um, I'm the guy that's responsible for everything that goes wrong with Sprinkler. <laughs> everything that's going well. I got 1,400 fantastic people who know what they're doing, uh, and I've been doing it for a long time. Um, I have to make sure that I don't screw up. And I know you have uh, maniacal attention to customer detail as well, customer delight. That's uh, the primary thesis on which Sprinkler was founded, that in the new world, people are connected and, and what they think matters more than what you think of your company. Um, and it, it will be disingenuous of us um, to, to not live that way every day. So tell us about Sprinkler. Tell us what what the company does. Tell us about uh, what your focus, what the focus of your products is. Yep. Um, Sprinkler today is uh, probably known as the most complete enterprise social media management platform in the market. What that means is, um, for very large companies, global brands um, like Nike and, and Verizon and JP Morgan Chase, um, they do their uh, marketing, advertising, research, commerce, care, all customer-facing functions across 24 social channels on Sprinkler's integrated platform around the world. So you say uh, 24 different channels. Those are things like like Facebook, Twitter, and so forth? Yeah, yeah. there's a long list, and, uh, and the list keeps increasing. And when you say social media management, what does that actually involve? What does that entail? It basically involves three things. The ability to reach your customers, the ability to engage your customers, the ability to listen to your customers. Um, and what we really do is give you the ability to reach, engage, and listen to your digital customer across channels. So you are ultimately then trying to create a, is, is it fair to say, a, a seamless experience, social experience for these brands to engage with, uh, with their customers? 100%. So... Um, if you notice, I was very careful uh, in prefacing what I said with today, because that's not who Sprinkler really is. I think our, that was our ticket to entry. That's what really um, allowed us to become the company that we are. But just like uh, Google started with search or, or Apple started with a product, um, I think our, our destiny in what we're trying to solve is a much bigger problem. And the problem that we are trying to solve is uh, how do you, as a large company, 
manage your customer experience across uh, your entire company. Because we, we have a, a fundamental problem there, right? Customers form their experience, uh, form their perception based on their experience, which really cuts across everything they do with the brand, from the product to the service to the sales experience, and the brand itself and all its communication. Um, that's the truth. And the customer now is in control. Um, and if their perception goes south, you're going to get hurt. But today, if you're inside the firewall of a large company, uh, Michael, whose problem is that? I mean, uh, if I'm in sales, I can't, I'm like, it's not my problem alone. If I'm in marketing, it's not my problem alone. If I'm in care, I'm incentivized to bring down my customer care costs. How quickly can I hang up on you? So it's like everybody's problem, but it's nobody's problem. That is the landscape that we're living in. So that's, that is definitely a much larger, broader challenge for companies than managing social media. And so when, so you see your mission ultimately as the creation of that customer experience throughout the company. I'll give you our mission, as is, uh, we've declared it internally. Our mission is to enable large brands create delightful experiences across channels all the time around the world. And what are the, what are the challenges that companies have in relation to creating these positive experiences for their customers? <laughs> Michael, you're going into the territory that I told you that we may get to. Uh, and and this may be very well the question that that's going to prompt me to do that. Hey, it's the territory that matters, right? I mean, <laughs> this is what everybody cares about. Look, Michael, um, I am I'm in our Portland office, uh, Spring Close Portland office, and uh, I was at uh, one of our clients yesterday, and I walked the halls and walked around the campus, meeting with a lot of people. I see so much pain. I want to cry. It's, it's, it's sometimes, you know, have you, have you seen people be in pain and not even know how to articulate it well? Sure. Right? You know, it's just like, you know, why are you crying? I don't know. You see the little kids, I don't know why I'm crying. <laughs> um, because they, they know what they're crying, but they don't know how to talk about it because it's just oh, so overwhelming and they feel paralyzed. They can't change it. It's like you're in the rain and, and, and you don't have an umbrella. So you're trying to do this, but you're getting wet anyway. So I talked to a bunch of executives and, and I could feel their pain. And it, it just, this morning, it made me angry. And you know the pain that they're going through? They're not alone. The pain is everybody's pain. And, what, and anybody, what? anybody, anybody, sorry, I have to tell you this. Anybody inside a large company that deeply cares about that their customer, their consumer is in that pain. Anybody who cares. So they walk around not being able to fight the system. They, they want to do great things for their customers. They can't. They're in the system. They, they feel helpless. That's what I'm talking about. That's the pain. So the pain is the desire for good-willed people, people of goodwill, good intentions inside yes. the company, large yeah. companies, who mm -hmm. want to do the right thing for their customers yeah. but are unable. And so why aren't they able to? What's the obstacle? I, I could have tell you something before I answered the question. 
you know, how, that pain. Look, I'm the, I'm the founder of a company. I've founded many companies. Do you know that all companies start out with great intent? Like if I'm a designer, if I'm, 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 I make shoes. The founder starts out with a lot of purity of intent. He wants to do good things. She wants to change the world. Somewhere along the line, what they founded becomes very popular. Their company grows. Now you've got more product lines, more business units. I'm launching in multiple markets. I've got sales. I've got marketing. I've got customer care. And I'm, I'm, I'm growing. But you know what happens? That the, the, the founding intent gets diluted. Finally, when you have 100,000 employees, the employee number 105,423 is sitting in a call center and she wants to go home. It's five o'clock. She's got to go home. She, she's not worried about the customer. So you keep diluting the intent, the purity, the emotional aspects of the founder's intent as you scale. And you create all these silos. And everybody can, can relate to the collective losing of that intensity, that desire as the company scales, that you feel helpless. And, and I, say, I say, I've been a student of, of, of business and creating great things for a while. Um, for me, the def, definition of luxury is, is the, 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 the creator leaving a bit of himself in the product or herself in the product so that the consumer of the product can feel it. Okay, so the silos create a sense of helplessness and that comes about because why? What's what is the why why does that happen? But it's not just the silos. So that pain I went through yesterday just made me angry today. Today on your show, I'm declaring war. War on, on war, on what? War on what? On behalf of anybody inside a large company that deeply cares about their customer and feels helpless on behalf of human beings everywhere who feel that way, Sprinkler today, March 3rd of 2017, we're declaring war. We're declaring war on five things. The five enemies that are getting in your way. Go for it. Number one, we're declaring war on disjointed data. Okay. And data everywhere. They, do, they, don't, they don't talk. I got my email system. I got my web system. I got my point of sale system. Like, but I don't know who this human being is. I can't know this person. I don't know what she's thinking, how she's feeling. But I know I have all the data. They're not together. So you're seeing, social media, you're seeing social fragments. Media, it, data is disjointed. Okay, I'm declaring war on that today. Okay. Number two, I'm declaring war on siloed teams. We're, 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 we gotta reorganize around the customer, Michael. You can't, you just, you gotta undo it. It's, it's a new world. You gotta make people like they walk through the front door inside the store and everyone's coming around. Hey, Linda, how are you? But the question how is, you, of course, how do we, baby. but how do we do that? Right. I mean, uh, how, how do you go about, how do you declare war on that? I'm about to tell you, but I'm not ready to go there yet. <laughs> okay. I got more people I'm declaring war on more things. Okay. Go for it. I'm declaring war on disparate processes, 
processes that are not aligned around the customer. Okay. Okay. Number four, I'm declaring war on point solution tools, tools that do one thing. Mm -hmm. They are evil. Point They're two. evil. They are getting in your way. Mm -hmm. Okay. And number five, I'm declaring war on unintelligent technology. That's why you can't scale. Today on your show, man, that's what I've done. Okay, so you were um, declaring war, and what it, what does this mean? How does this, uh, what does this mean for Sprinkler and for what you're doing and for yourself and for your customers? It really doesn't matter what it means for Sprinkler. Mm -hmm. What we see is a world where brands that care about their customers are able to provide delightful experiences every time. That's what we care about. That's the dream that Sprinkler was founded on. And how, so, so how will you, what will you do? So for example, silos um, or the, or disjoint data, how do you address that? I mean, these are systemic problems. These are very significant huge. problems inside huge. large huge. organizations. Huge, Michael, huge problems. You know well, how, I mean, it, it exists, right? Everybody knows what the problem is. I'm not going to beat a dead horse. Everyone knows what the problem is. You know, let's talk about every system that you have that touches the customer is keeping a capsule of data about that customer inside it, mm -hmm. built on like stupid old technology, relational stuff. It's just caught up, kept there, not released to anyone. Mm -hmm. And not even made available to right. the user sometimes if you log back in. To, to, to engage the customer on that channel. And you know how we've tried to solve it for 20 years, 30 years? Michael, you know this. this is what CIOs do, and I love them. There are large industries serving this. We talk about big data. We say, extract all this, send it to my data warehouse. Right? Yeah. I'm, I'm here to ask you, what the hell are you doing? Why are you sending all this data to the data warehouse? To but run reports? What are you doing with those reports? They're not actionable. You're not bringing it back. So it's a, a lot of activity. I'm not sure what the freaking outcome is. But Raji, how do you how do you address that? These are such when you get mm. to these large companies who mm. are your customers, these are deep DNA level problems that exist. Uh, 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 no, you Michael, disagree? I, I, no, I'm, I'm, I've been doing this for a long time. I wouldn't talk about the problem unless I knew I had a point of view on the solution have a point of view on the solution, the, the answer has to be, you got to think of almost creating a customer operating system. You got to liberate the data. You got to liberate the data by opening every system up and allowing data to flow through. It has to be architecturally solved with the notion of a customer operating system that has the conduits for this data to go back and forth, that has an architectural support to connect all these systems, right? You got to think about an integratable Uber next generation customer experience management architecture. And so what is that, what does an architecture of that type look like? Uh, <laughs> now you're going to make me talk about Sprinkler. I was going to just talk about, well, it, but I'll tell you what you need to know. So but but don't give us but don't give us a pitch about sprinkler, dude. If you ask me, if you pay me, <laughs> I don't pitch. I just stop pitching. I did that about a few years ago. People say pitch me, and I'm like, on what? Okay, tell us, tell us, tell us what this uh, customer experience architecture needs to look yeah. like. So the way to do that, in my mind, and we've done it 
a few hundred times for customers, so I know it works, is you isolate every element of customer experience management into channel agnostic enterprise level capabilities. Let me give you an example. You create a really pure content management capability that just stores your assets, versions them, that sits, all of this entire framework has to sit on a enterprise federated governance capability. So every team can be brought into this architecture. Every team can retain its independence and architecturally the system supports collaboration, escalation, co-working, notification, alerting. So we've invented concepts like message queues, escalation queues, suggestion queues. So, and the architecture, because, you know, once you define these spaces and groups of these spaces dynamically, so I can look at every team in South America or marketing teams around the world. And then basically you have these cues and visibility that control what you see. Does that make sense? Yeah, we have an, we have an interesting comment from Arsalan Khan on Twitter, yeah. who makes the comment that it seems that customer experience is in a sense an excuse to transform the company because in order to accomplish the goals you're describing, it seems like you have to go deeper. It's, it's deep inside the culture of the organization. So simply layering technology is not going to solve these problems. I think that's his point. Michael, he's absolutely right. hundred percent. This is such a huge problem, huge problem. That's why we have to be at war with these systemic issues. This is a huge problem. This is a paralyzing problem. This is what, and you, you know the stats that talk about, you know, 50% of the Fortune 500 companies have gone away and 40% of people, companies that are left will go away in the next, by 2025. This is from 2000 to 2025, 90% of yes. the world's biggest companies are going to turn over. This is a huge problem. This is a huge problem that we are the industry is not coming together to solve. And I'm, you know, we are organizing, Sprinkler is organizing a, a digital transformation summit with the explicit charter, only one agenda. Let's go co-create this industry. We can't wait for this. So this was not, this is not a Sprinkler agenda, Sprinkler customer summit. This is a digital transformation summit that we're bringing together with brands and analysts and and, and experts and technologists together. The, um, you know, it's very interesting when I speak with execs from these large brands who are talking about digital transformation, this cultural piece comes up in every conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so how do you, how do you get this ball rolling that requires both that cultural organizational change dimension as well as the technology to mm. enable the communication uh, across silos and boundaries that you were describing earlier. You got to make some really gutsy moves, man. We got to make some gutsy moves. CEOs have to drive those hands on. It's not going to happen organically, okay? And here's the technique. The technique to do that, I, actually, you, you just went to point number two, right, which is I've declared war on siloed teams and team structure. So let's solve that. How to solve that is very simple. You know how 
large companies have reorganized around go-to-market. They're organized around, you know, countries. They're organized around product line. We got to reorganize the company around the customer. That's your answer. It sounds easy. It's very hard to do. Everybody knows that. But you have to re reorg around the customer. And by the way, I'm coming. I'm not going to name the company. I'm coming off an entire day of meetings where every other person that I spoke to is brand new and has a new role. And I was trying to make sense of it because everyone kept telling me, well, we're trying to do this. And in the end, I met one of the one of the execs who was running a very, very large chunk of the entire revenue stream. And I said, okay, I get it. When I piece it together, you just reorganize your company around the customer. She goes, yes. Okay, so we, so we need to uh, we need to drill into that, but I want to remind everybody that you're watching episode number two hundred and twenty one of CXO Talk. We're speaking with Raji Thomas, who is the CEO and the founder of Sprinkler, and there is a tweet chat going on right now, and I'm talking especially to the folks who are watching on Facebook. Come over to Twitter, and there's a tweet chat going on with the hashtag CXO Talk. So, Raji, this issue of transforming the company yep. around the customer is very complicated, very difficult to mm -hmm, do. Mm -hmm. In your experience working with a lot of brands, what are the attributes of the company and the activities of the ones who are doing this successfully? What are they? What is their magic or their special sauce? How do they do it? There's and there aren't very many companies that I can put and go make out watch how they are doing this because this is a, as you and I just talked about it's a very large problem. There are companies that are doing a really good job getting there, um, including many of our customers. Um, and if you look at companies like Nike and, and McDonald's, um, you will you if you watch their moves internal and external, you'll see how they're they're really kind of fearlessly forging ahead. Uh, while others are being left behind. They're putting together, which we, if you go back to the, the five principles here, they go back to the third one. They're putting together um, unified, like customer-centric processes. Um, and they are tying systems together, the, allowing data to flow freely and get in the hands at the point of contact. They're doing a lot of these things, but it's it's a it's going to be a, a five year project for large companies in the very very uh, minimum to to pull this off. But if you don't do it, well, look, it, it's going to be a tough ride. And and it's this is not just a bad thing, right? The confluence of everything that's changing really presents unbelievable opportunities. And you look at companies like Uber and Airbnb and. All the companies that are coming out of nowhere, Facebook, um, Amazon, look at the scale of these companies. So the opportunity is enormous when you, when you solve this and solve this right. And the, the, the consequence is extremely bad. And I would say extinction is probably what I'm looking for. So you really have to start moving in one of these directions. Standing still is you're going down. Yeah, there's no doubt that there's tremendous opportunities for companies who can undertake this. But I think that the, where do they, where do you begin? If a company wants to do that, there's somebody who's listening and they say, yeah, this sounds right. How do you, how do you start? What do you do? You declare war. 
So you there's a there's an element of that fearlessness. There's an element of that fearlessness yeah, that yeah, you mentioned. You declare war. Mm -hmm. You join what we call as a digital revolution. You've heard about digital transformation. Screw the word transformation. It has to be a revolution. The CEO has to declare war on the five things I talked about. He's got to, we got to join. Let's go. And this has to be, it's going to be painful because people are not, we've been doing what we've been doing, the way we've been doing it for decades. You're talking, you're talking at the roots of these companies. Organize it on the customer. What does that even mean? That's so it, right, exactly. To, what is that? What does that even mean? Yeah. When you said when one says organizer, what does that even mean? Exactly. Michael, I'm not here to give all the answers. I don't know all the answers. What I know is if you bring the smartest people on the planet together, so what I'm trying to do in Nashville on April 10th, by the way, um, quick plug, if you matter, if, if digital transformation, or as we think about it, digital revolution, enterprise uh, at the enterprise level is important to you. You got to be there. Look us up, find it, do what you need to be there because we're bringing together, it's invite only, bringing together amazing people to solve that problem. We don't have the answers. We're not even solving it fast enough. We're not coming together. I don't know what we're waiting for. CXM has to be an industry. It has to be birthed. We have to co-create that industry. What are we waiting for? When you talk about customer experience, what does that actually mean to you? What are the what are the components or the pieces of customer experience? Uh, as a customer, it should be very obvious, right? I walk away feeling really good. And who is a customer? I mean, when we use the word customer at Sprinkler, we put an asterisk next to it every single time. Or we want to. We probably are not doing it religiously. A customer is anyone who's interacting with your brand. Okay? So... So your investor is your customer. Someone's looking for a job in your company is your customer. A partner is a customer. An employee is a customer, right? So you got to make them, people never forget how you made them feel. It's very subjective. It's their perception. But that's what it really, that's what the outcome is. Being able to do that consistently every time. It's great experiences at scale. Everybody can do it one off. You go to the store, the person is nice. I got a great experience. But can you do it consistently every time across every channel? Now you ask me, what capabilities do you need to be able to do this, right? And I'm going to simplify it, right? If you're thinking as a brand and you think about what capabilities do I need, it's super simple, man. You need the ability to reach your di digital customer. You need the ability to engage your digital customer, and you need the ability to get this. This is what a lot of people aren't doing. Listen to your digital customer. You have to almost start being human. That's what we do. So you're trying to, so the, so the brand taking on a human characteristic. Yes. You have to make people feel good and, and, and you have to work across all your silos. Your processes have to work together. The data has to be connected. And it has to, become, it has to come together with the intent of making that person feel special, delight that customer. Not satisfied, right? What is customer satisfaction? That's like asking your child to go get a B in her exam. Delight should be the word. This is, this is really interesting. So this, this notion of 
brands need to make their customers feel good and feel special? Only, only if you want to survive and thrive. <laughs> it's a choice you got. You don't have to. You can milk your market and start becoming irrelevant. So, again, I keep coming down to how do you do this? Because inside, I mean, this this requires a, a different kind of mindset. And for yeah. a lot of companies, really, like training, essentially. Look, so we're not going to solve how to do this in 45 minutes, right? So I'm going to give you this simple, high-level way we think about it. Great. It starts with leadership, right? It's always people, processes, and technology. It's simple. Every change is powered by these things. So on the people side, it starts with leadership. And if you are a CEO of a large company, sir, madam, you can't delegate this. I'm so sorry. You can't delegate this. And this is so new. And most people running large companies didn't grow up with this. We grew up in a different world. So you got to go back in that student mindset. And if you need statistics to wake you up, I can give it to you. By 2020, 50% of the workforce is going to be millennials. Hmm. Folks who's natively digital folks, like you're going to reach them with the way, like with, with direct mail and email and web. They don't, they don't even email. They don't even text message people. So you got a wake-up call coming right there in with that 2020 millennial staff. But you have to lead. You have to put people who buy into it. Look, we don't have a ready-made solution. It's not even an industry yet. So we're going to go, let's go co-create that. It's a problem that's big enough you can solve it. So that's the people aspect. Sell your executives, align them, replace your executives who can't buy into it, get them to work together. You got to propagate it back. Now, it starts with um, understanding your customer's journey, creating personas, understanding um, the journey that your customers are going through with your brand. And your journeys are not your marketing journeys or your sales journeys. That's just one piece of the puzzle. Your journeys are across everything, right? Sometimes your journey starts with one of your competitors because that may be where customers are going first. Um, and your journey is definitely not just digital, right, or offline. It's, it's, it's just look at the world from your customer. So start, once you do that, it's, it's going um, to be a long process. Get your team in order. Start looking at your company from your customer's perspective and start aligning your processes. And number three, it's kind of self-serving. Um, you now know, probably know why Sprinkler is going to be a very, 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 very large company because this need is universal. You got to go get yourself an integratable, collaborative, unified platform that can serve as your foundation. Look, that's a mouthful. That's a lot of jargon, right? So I'm going to give I tell people, here's the easy way to remember it. Um, Michael, can you spell iCup? Spell iCup. Uh, I guess it depends which type of iCup you mean. The iCup that one uses on a camera or an iCup that comes out of uh, Apple. But go on. Go ahead. Uh, I'll just tell you, when my daughter was nine, she's 13 now. She came home from school one day and she goes to me, Dad, can you spell iCup? And I go, I-K-U-P. She said, no. And I said, I C U P. And she starts giggling for 20 minutes. <laughs> so you get it, right? So ICUP, you need something that's integratable into things that are already working, your call centers, your website, legacy systems, right? They're just you, gotta, you need a platform approach that's integratable. You need a platform 
You need the capability to get people to collaborate. That's a C. You need unified, a unified approach, not point solutions, a unified approach, things that work with each other. Um, and then you need a platform, not point solutions, right? Integratable, collaborative, unified platform. So on the technology side, you start with an architecture. You start with an architecture. It's like, we're like, you know, the way to think about it, the way I think about it is, you know, the 1980s. We had all kinds of point solutions for inventory management and uh, distribution management and stocking and shelving and all of that. But end of the day, what SAP did was they coded for 10 years and they created uh, an architecture and, and ERP was born, right? And then you have the same product ID everywhere. So you need an architecture that allows you to have the same customer ID everywhere, allows you to have the same content ID everywhere and normalize it across all the point solutions that are in your enterprise today. So that's on the people side, that's on the process side, and this is on the technology side. That's how I see it. So in a sense, you're trying to create, I, I hate to use the term, but almost an ERP system for customer experience. Yeah, I think of it as a customer operating system. Mm -hmm. People say system of record. I think that's a jaded term. That means you're capturing the data. Okay, cool. That's great. That's awesome. You need an operating system, something that allows you to get a handle on experiences that your customer is going to have so you can program it. See, no system is ever going to solve the problem, right? The brand should want to create, should want to delight the customer. It starts there. It starts with the intent and the desire. But without solving all these you know, the five enemies, as, as I call it now, you're not going to win. What are, you've got, uh, your your product, your platform has got, I, I forget how many modules, but dozens, right? You've got a very large number 40, of, 40, 40, right. 40. We've been coding nonstop, hundreds of engineers. <laughs> there were times we were doing shifts and coding 24-7 in our in headquarters, um, in our development headquarters, we, we have a kitchen, we have chefs. I mean, there's food brought to your desk. We'd be just coding away to glory, like, like furiously, because this is a huge problem. You're not, you're not going to be able to get to an easy solution without a lot of hard work. It's architecture. And, and how, <clears throat> excuse me, how do you, so what, what, what is that architecture? Can you elaborate on that a little bit more? <laughs> It's tough to do that. We have uh, a, a paper this big that we show clients when they, they describe the architecture. Well, basically what it is, is is all these modules. These modules are basically uh, on the outbound side, content management, campaign management, publishing, audience management. Um, um, on the inbound side, it's listening, it's advocacy, it's CRM, what's known as CRM. We call it audience um, and intelligence and and uh, uh, and and all these modules sit there right on the top from inbound and outbound. And at the bottom, you've got enabling capabilities like governance, like analytics, like automation. We call it process engine, data flow engine. Um, then we got integration engines. So that's the, the core capabilities that support everything. And then you got inbound modules and you got outbound modules and there's collaboration between everything. So, for example, um, your content store is universal, right? So what we call as our product is called the Experience Cloud. So um, when you're on the Experience Cloud, 
um, your customer service person can see all the marketing coupons because it shares the same store. Um, your customer service person can see the campaign that's currently running. And your marketing person can now just, um, because there's collaboration built in, marketing person can route a customer care issue that surfaced on social um, to the right person and escalate it to PR at the right time. So that's the architecture where you got to almost visualize this as a integrated circuit board where you have all the chips and you have all the connections going from everyone to each other. So you think about your, your customer care audience database. That's the same audience database that's powering your market. So I can literally take detractors who are upset right now, suppress them from an advertising campaign. So these are the kind of things that are only possible with an architecture like the one we are advocating. Where you have a where you have a platform that all of the data is connected and linked. Yes, sir. The uh, so are you looking to to basically cover all of the interaction points between a brand and uh, its online its digital customer? No, we we cover like I said twenty four social channels. There are companies that use us to. Um, publish to mobile apps, to publish to their own websites. Um, so there are all these capabilities, but we're not here to replace everything. We're here to take care of all the mobile social noise. That somebody's got to do it. You don't want to get into that. It's painful. We've solved it. Everything is changing from every channel. So you got to have one single way to do this. The rest of the systems that are working, your call center is working fine, dandy. Your website's probably working dandy. Your email system is probably working dandy. Your CRM system is probably working dandy. Your data warehouse is probably working dandy. So we just connect to all those systems. You may have like in-house content management system. So the moment you plug it into Sprinkler, those assets are beginning to flow into the Sprinkler system, which now because it's wired everywhere else, you can now distribute it. So when you connect your web system and your email system to Sprinkler, Everything gets isolated into assets and content and campaign, and they flow. So you can now just send the activity back, and you can pull it from the other place. Does this make sense? Yeah. So that's how you solve it. Uh huh. So it, it took it, it took me. I've been trying to do this for you know now going on like what, seventeen years. I finally figured it out. I think. And uh, sprinkling. Well, it's working for a hundred thousand clients. Is that is that the number of uh, customers that you have? Yeah, I mean it's. Depending on how you look at it, we work with over 1,200 brands. Um, most large companies in most industries are our clients right now. It's it's again again we we, we you know we're gonna we're gonna start marketing um, the company you know to reflect what we really do. But it's just been driven by the the power of the vision and and the product. And and we're still I think this is the year we're gonna come out. I know that sounds weird, but we, this is the year we're gonna come out. Come as a, a true customer experience management platform, not as a social media company. That's what, that was our ticket to entry. That's how we got here. So that is that is your goal for this next period of time is the broader. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's that's why a lot of people like when they look at uh, the characters and the companies that are associated with Sprinkler, you know, folks like John Chambers and Iconic and and. Uh, you know, Wellington and Camasic. They're like, what's going on? I mean, social. I mean, this is not a social media company. We're the world's first customer experience management platform. And there's not one company on planet Earth that doesn't need 
customer experience management platform. Do many companies buy all of these 40 modules? That's it's such a large number. They don't. They don't. And they don't need to. That's, because you can't, you can't, um, you can't. You think of this as a, a, a treatment regimen. You can start taking pills for headache. That's fine. But if you're buying those pills from Sprinkler, then all the other systems are, you know, all the other pills are designed to work with it and just solve your underlying much bigger problem. Um, so you can just buy listening. You can just buy uh, publishing. You can buy advertising. You can buy um, us for just customer care. You can buy us for automation. Uh, that's how customers typically, you know, we start with social or publishing or listening or advertising, but then they, they keep growing into it. And then they, 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 they truly like begin to understand and appreciate that Springler can be the platform that can keep pace with the growth. And it kind of goes viral inside a company. And who tends to be your buyer? Who are the people that are actually um, making the purchase from Sprinkler? Um, chief marketing officers. Um, we're increasingly beginning to see CIOs. And if you're a CIO watching the show, sir or madam, I'm not sure why you aren't all over this. <laughs> your CMOs need your help. Um, and, and you guys got to partner up. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think that the certainly... The more sophisticated CIOs, the more innovative CIOs that I know have embraced to see their role now more and more as supporting the customer experience of the entire organization, not just putting in software. 100%. They should be. They should be. They should be all over it. I mean, it's like I tell people um, CMOs are managing a lot of technology and they need help, right? CIOs are, you think of data like cash and currency. Um, it used to be on-premises under your control. It's like stuffing cash under your pillow. So you know how to manage that when data is inside your firewall. Uh, now that you've put the money in the bank, the cash in the bank, it takes away the physical protection, but the compliance, the security, the money management part, it should really be the CIO is helping the company to do this. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I, I think it's uh, it's very, very important. And in historically, there was really a problem because you had that divide between the folks who cared about customer experience and then IT, which, you know, mostly cared about reducing risk. And now when I talk to CIOs, I mean, it's very clear to be in, I've heard the term uh, enlightened CIO. I've heard the term digital CIO, innovative CIO. If you're not supporting the business with these things that we're talking about, you're going to be irrelevant. I mean, that's my advice to CIOs. I talk to a lot of CIOs. I second you. It's just perfectly (laughs) put. Well, we have just a couple of minutes left. And so any closing thoughts, advice that you have for brands? Again, I know we spoke about this, but you talk to so many different companies. Mm. What is your final advice for brands who want to do a better job creating that sense of, of humanity? Yeah, I would to- say, please, please put customers first. We're all, we're all consumers. We're all customers please put customers first. I love the, you know, marketing first and sales first and product first. And uh, no, no, please put the customers first um, for you, for their sake. 
but also for your sake, for the sake of every employee that works for you. Because what happens is when customers are unhappy, it sets off a vicious cycle. Like no one wants to pick up the phone. No one wants to go sell them more. And it things go south that you can't recover from. It doesn't matter how great your, your product is. And you don't need to do it. And finally, we're at a point where concepts have evolved. That if you commit to putting customers first, um, then there's enough literature that you can use in, in artifacts to get started on that journey. And hopefully you'll, you'll join us in, in being able to do that. I love that. Great, great advice. Put customers first. What a what a great way to think about a company. Raji it's, Thomas. A dif- it's a different way, right? You think about how do you market in a way that you put customer first? How do you do customer care in a way that put customer first? How do you do commerce in a way that put customer first? How do you do research in a way you put customer first? You wouldn't do a survey, would you? You wouldn't bother them. So Fantastic. And your conference, you said, is being held on, what, April 12th, I think. April 10th in Nashville. Hit up hit up any of your Sprinklerite friends for invites. Um, it's, it's really a whole bunch of C-suite folks and um, the big analysts, the big uh, system integration thought leaders, and the technology companies like Microsoft, IBM, and SAP. Fantastic. You have been watching episode number 221 of CXO Talk. Our guest has been Raji Thomas, who is the founder and CEO of Sprinkler. Raji, thanks a lot, and I hope you'll come back and we'll do it again another time. Michael, thank you. Everybody, we have more shows coming up, and go to CXO Talk slash episodes to see our upcoming shows, and we will see you soon. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.